not about you. If Trust me, if the company's successful and you're a leader in the company, it's going to reflect quite well on you. So you don't need to be the star. Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley and is sponsored by Hillel Stanford, UpWest, and Hippo Insurance. Thank you for joining me today on episode 183 of 20-Minute Leaders. Our guest today is Peter Wexler, a startup investor, advisor, and board member. He co-founded Spider Cloud Wireless, a leader in scalable multi-access small cell network platforms, now a part of Corning. Prior to that, he was founding VP Engineering at Juniper Networks, managed their mobile business, and was a director of the Ericsson Juniper joint venture company. His earlier ventures focused on telecom and medical imaging, including MRI, optical, and ultrasound. Peter holds an MBA from Boston University, an MSE from the University of Illinois, and a BSEE from SUNY Stony Brook. Peter Wexler, thank you for being in 20 Minute Leaders. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Michael. Thanks very much. Where are you calling from right now? I'm calling from my uh, COVID pandemic office hideout in downtown Palo Alto. Wonderful. So we're neighbors. I'm right here on Forest Avenue at Hippo, uh, but it's, it's really, really great to have you. And I'm really excited to talk to you about teamwork. Uh, you've been a part of, of numerous teams, you know, in various positions, both on the end of, you know, the, the company as, you know, VP of engineering and, you know, really internally and, and seeing through acquisitions, joining huge companies. You mentioned Siemens of over 400,000 people internationally. And on the other side, also, you know, being a board member on various companies, it sounds like a different type of teamwork. I'd love to learn about both experiences, and I'd love to explore with you over these next 19 minutes or so, what makes a team strong, what makes a team perhaps weaker uh, than the others. Uh, so, you know, take me along your journey, Peter. Let's start from the beginning. Walk me a little bit about, you know, where you come from and, and your insight into teamwork. Um, let's see. Um, undergraduate uh, electrical engineering was always interested in that stuff when I was a kid, you know, science, engineering, ham radio, all that stuff. Um, and uh, actually through that, I got I had a strong interest in biology as well. So I ended up getting a graduate degree in biomedical engineering, yeah. um, imaging of the retina and, and a lot of image processing, which was great. And um, I worked in that field actually, uh, actually worked for an Israeli company called El Sint in the early days, which was a pioneer in nuclear medicine and ultrasound. But um, I end, for a whole variety of reasons, I ended up in the networking field about very, very early on, you know, before there was the web, before there was anything else. And I've actually spent a fair time of my career in the networking space, both for large companies, but also with some very early stage companies from zero, from maybe 15 people. Um, and for the whole issue of teamwork, one of the ones I like to focus on is Juniper Networks. So um, Juniper Networks, which is one of the major players with the infrastructure that's in, right. the, in the internet. Um, I was the first VP of engineering. I started maybe when there were 15 or 17 people. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and you know, the, there are a number of reasons why, and, and sort of ran the company, we ultimately had 675 people in engineering and we wow. were, you know, half a billion dollars, uh, you know, by the time I moved on. But a um, lot of lessons that I learned there from the folks I worked with. And so the first thing was when you're building a team, in addition to the key technical skills that you're looking for, you have to look at the 
uh, you know, how people play together. And how is an individual going to be as part of a, of a team? Because it's not about these days, one individual can't do the whole thing, especially when you're doing complex things. You know, the thing I had mentioned to you, Michael, I like to say, any given day is the best thing you've ever done in your life or the worst thing you've ever done in your life. And I like to say the average just needs to be above zero. Right. right? And then it's, then it's a good thing. But um, so one of the things that we did at Juniper was we were v- had very um, extensive process during the interview. And it wasn't so much, yeah, there were technical reviews and that sort of thing. But it was really, you know, a group of folks trying to understand the personality of the individual and how they would fit within the team, which is not to say you want everybody to look the same because people looked way different. There are a lot of different people, but it's right. how would they play as part of the team? Because when challenges happen, you need to be able to solve them in a really constructive way. And on the other hand, when wonderful things happen, there's nobody better to celebrate with than you know folks who are focused on the same goal. And so at one level, um, uh, in, in terms of building a company, that's teamwork. You mentioned boards, and that's a lesson that I actually learned the hard way. There was was a well-funded company that I was asked to join. It was maybe about 20 people. I came in to help sort out engineering. And, you know, it had the reputation of the individuals on the board was all stellar. But unfortunately, um, too many egos in the room. Folks did not play well together. And again, when it, there were some tough times and some tough decisions had to be made, the team was incapable of of making wow. decisions. So, so, so a board, so so board, you know, group of a group of board members that are each individually are stellar, but coming in together don't seem to find the the unison and the harmony to to come up with you know with good results. Actually, this reminds me of, of a beautiful quote that Shmuel Shatan, also from J Ventures, mentioned to me just a few days ago in our call. He said. You know that to be in, if you want to be a good leader, learn to check your ego at the door. And he and I just loved that you know that you know that Im- imagery uh, of checking the ego at the door and walking in. And he referred that as to as to the whole J Ventures mantra that we come in and you know we have a hundred people in the room you know looking at deals and every person feels that you know while they can contribute, they also have so much to learn from everybody else. Uh, so no, I, I, I think that's exactly right. You know the other piece is. So you're not, the other thing is, if you're hiring the best people you can, what you find is you're hiring type A people. Now it's, right. it's, it's like an arranged marriage. There's, <laughs> no reason, there's no reason it should work. You're slamming all these people together. Everybody has success. Everybody's got an ego. It won't work. So your job as a leader is to basically keep the thing from going off the rails till you get, till you get to whatever milestone is important. Now, having said that, you're, you're not going to, everybody who's going to come in is not going to be even keeled. And that's not what you want. So the trick is, you know, I always say, I give you more latitude in terms of your enthusiasm, you know, based upon, you know, how much of a contributor you are and how you help the rest of the team. So, you know, you know, every so often people have a meltdown or whatever else, but if they're good contributors and they're working well, we understand. Right. And frankly, teams understand that. You know, it's a, with a small team. Everybody knows how much everybody's contributing, and everybody gives everybody a break if if people are contributing. So you're not going to get people who are uniform and smiley and wonderful. Everybody's going to be very intense because they believe. But uh, 
you know, like Andy Grove used to say, right, you decide and commit, which is we can be passionate about our discussions and we got to get it on the table. But once we decide on the direction, we got to move forward. Because right, right. if we keep going, you know, you got, even if it's small steps, moving forward is key. And uh, so, so how do you, but, but how do you sort of facilitate that, that, that moving forward mantra, especially as you're, you know, you're working on these various companies, all of them are critical infrastructure. A lot of these, you know, are perhaps longer term projects that you don't celebrate every day and you don't see progression every day. So as a team leader, how can I continue to motivate a team and to continue that mindset of moving forward and making decisions where keeping everybody passionate if we're looking at long-term commitments and not short-term goals. So, so, um, so one of the things that's important is transparency, right? Which doesn't mean everything's on the table, but being transparent because, you know, particularly when things get a little bit of tough, that's when conspiracy theories start. You know, <laughs> I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's engineers or, or it's the same with biologists or whatever, but if something's not going right or they see that you're worried, absolutely the worst thing that's possible would be dreamt up, right? And right. it's usually not the case, right? So, so keep a check. I, I, well, who is, I forget who said it was, you know, the, the leader has a long tail, right? So you better be careful how you swing that thing. So, oh, yeah. so you need to be transparent about what's going on. And, 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 and a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of moving parts in these these businesses and people don't always have a background or an understanding or the experience and you need to be able to translate and explain to folks what the context is up you know we're going out we're raising money it's taking a longer time we actually had to raise a second round of funding for a company we started during the recession you know took twice as long that it was before right everybody got a little bit worried but you need to explain what's going on don't leave things a mystery and uh, it's just all about helping people feel comfortable. And you do it one-on-one -on -one or you do it with a group. And, uh, you know, hiding things is not good. Being transparent where you can and helping to put things in context, um, you know, is important. And that's, frankly, if you have a good board for a company, bringing in a board member or two who has a very good perspective and having that person sit with the company. So you're not the only person, you know, it's not like you're just, mouthing, you know, platitudes, you're bringing in some other folks who've got some perspective who can, you know, help folks. So Peter, it sounds like a lot of this foundation is built upon respect, open-mindedness, along with, you know, this idea of contributing to the team and being a team player. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, this idea of respect. How do you facilitate respect? And then the next question would be open-mindedness within a team, because at the end, the team is not just, you know, a performance-based team where you just, you know, check off goals. You're, you're, what you're talking about here is the, that every person needs to be contributing. You need to come in unison and, and complement each other. And to me, it sounds that a, fun, a fundamental aspect of this is the respect, right? It's important, right? And there's respect in different dimensions, right? Technical respect, human respect, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? You know, it's how it, culture starts from the top. And actually, we see this in some companies in Silicon Valley that have been written about, right? They say that it's like the fish, it, it rots from the head, right? Right. So not my words, but others. <laughs> um, uh, but it's true. So, you know, it's, it's the environment that you establish from the beginning. And, and, and also, it's how you treat, you know, there are going to be people who, while they may be great contributors and be required to be around for a certain period of time, you know, as the company grows, it just may not be a good fit. And frankly, Right. You need to deal with those and take action because if you don't, 
it's everybody recognizes that you're intent not taking action and you tolerate that sort of behavior. So, you know, it's, it's, you got to set the culture from the beginning. It's how you behave, how you expect the team to behave when things go off the rails, how you deal with them. Um, you know, I mean, that's, so, so, so that crisis management, when things go off the rails, how do you deal with them? Are there, you know, personal experiences that you've had or anything, any, any key moments that you've observed where you saw either people come on top or, or, you know, not succeed through these crises? Um, I have had situations where things have been brought to a head um, because of certain individuals. And, you know, I would, so if a particular individual is problematic in a number of different dimensions, not so much because they're not technical, but because it's their behavior and, right. and, and how they create dysfunction throughout the group. So, you know, I spent a lot of time walking through parking lots with people, you know, as, as, as groups grew, I started to ask myself, what do you contribute to this technically? Because I felt more like I was being a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist. <laughs> it's like, that's hilarious. The office is open. People come in, shut the door. The next guy comes in, shuts the door. But, but so, and too many times walking around the parking lot. And, you know, with some of that one-on-one, you could smooth it, but it gets to a point where you can't. And you, the hope is that you, it, and it's particularly tough with small teams because everybody's critical. But when you start to to see this or get wind of this, then you need to start a long term strategy of saying, "I think in the long run this person is not going to work out. How, what am I going to do? Because at some point this person's going to have to go. And how do I prepare other folks to take on things? How do I bring other people in? And then you ultimately need to take action. Now, having said that, most of the cases don't involve ejecting a person, right? It involves working with people individually, one-on-one, about how they, can, how they can grow and be more effective. It's not, they usually don't want to be a bad person. They, a lot of times, somebody will have experienced in a previous company and a style of behavior that worked well for them. Right. And it's a matter of helping them grow and learn that there are other ways to get things done. And in many cases, actually, this works. It's just you know, bad behavior that maybe, especially if somebody's, you know, hasn't worked for 20 years, right? You know, if they're younger, they brought bad behavior from somewhere else. So maybe a little bit of mentoring with myself or somebody else and uh, give them some perspective on how they might be able to accomplish things a little bit differently. So given the, you know, everything we've talked about here, as I approach, you know, my own leadership positions down the line, and now, now I get to be a part of a wonderful team here at Hippo and at J Ventures, and I get to experience really incredible people and incredible mentorship, both, you know, bottom up and, and top down. But as I continue along my path and become, you know, a technical team leader myself or potentially a CEO down the line, what are the, the core things that I need to keep in mind as I'm growing the team and as I'm, you know, creating this family that is going to, to work with me on, you know, bringing a product to life? Uh, so, so I, I think just in general. I'm asking you hard questions. Well, you know, so you're, the value of the answer is equivalent to the amount of time that I put into thinking about it. So, um, number one, I think just intellectual curiosity and curiosity in general is a trait that's important to have. You know, and the other thing is, you know, they used to call it an HP management by walking around, which is, you know, you, you want to be in touch at all levels of an organization. As organizations grow, sometimes people are in touch with, say, one level, you know, below them. But 
you know, you need to really understand what's going on with the organization and you need to have many touch points within the organization so you really understand what's going on with the organization. Um, you need to, um, you know, respect the role of other leaders and not go around them, but try to work with them to help them be more effective. Because if you want to grow as a leader and you want to scale within an organization, you can't do everything yourself. So how do you empower and grow other leaders around you, right? As you said, check the ego at the door. It's not about you. If Trust me, if the company's successful and you're a leader in the company, it's going to reflect quite well on you. So you don't need to be the star. And, and I think that's been the case with me. I'm, I'm not the star in any of the adventures that I've been part of, for the most part. And, and, but you know what? The success of the ventures that I've have been successful in has served me extremely well um, in my career. So, you know, those are, those are just a few things that off the top of my head. Wonderful. Peter, what, what are you up to now? What, what, what really excites you these days, whether it's with investments or, you know, the industry or the ecosystem? Ooh, ooh. Um, what do you get hyped about? What do I get hyped about? Um, uh, <laughs> so there's, um, there, there are a, a, a whole range of companies that I'm working with, some more actively, some more passively, and obviously involved with J Ventures, which is actually a wonderful group. It's just, it's a, it's a really great group. But um, there are a number of things in the machine learning space as applied to some really tough problems, whether it's in healthcare or drug discovery or um, uh, sort of other, other problems in the industry. And um, so I'm frankly doing a massive amount of learning from a lot of other folks who are really passionate in some of these spaces. And again, working with you know, groups of young folks, I mean, just the energy is, is great. You know, some of us get, if you've done a few early stage companies, right, you, get, you understand how hard it is. But if you're young and you haven't worked with that many, you don't realize how hard it is. So everybody's got great energy. So, um, but there are some things in that space that are, are, are actually really, really exciting. So, and then how, so you're coming in and you're, and you're getting exposed to all these different companies, you're involved in them, both, you know, in, in advisory roles, board seats, and what is it, why specifically, you know, machine learning for solving difficult problems? I mean, there's so many different things that could happen. Is this a recent, you know, passion that you're developing, or is this something that you've grown over the years? You know, it, 30 years ago, there was something called Lisp, which was the first stab at AI back in, in, in times when I was actually working for Siemens in, in industrial automation. And um, you could see back then the ultimate value of some of this, but unfortunately, our, our compute did, you know, did not scale to really address the problem. And it's only recently that we have some architectures that are able to deal with things like complex neural networks and other things like right. that that you can now start to do things like, you know, self-driving vehicles or recommender systems or other sorts of things. So it's something that I've always sort of, or I, I remember when I was in Boston, met with some of the folks at MIT who were the early folks in machine learning and AI. And again, it was interesting, but something you kind of stick in the back of your head, realizing that it kind of isn't going anywhere for a while. Um, so... Wow. So just the fact that it's sort of, you know, the technology exists now to actually do some of these things, it's interesting. Having said that, unfortunately, my interests are very broad. So I have some involvement, a little bit of involvement in biotech and in a few other places. So it's, uh, 
it's a curse of having broad interests and a lot of curiosity. And, you know, that's the problem. I but, love it. I love it. No, and I definitely, you know, I, I aspire to, to be exactly that, to, to have that curiosity and to go both, you know, in depth into certain fields, but go agnostic and others and be able to be open-minded and get exposed to all these different opportunities. Peter, before we go, I want to thank you again for, for your generosity and, and for the inspiration. I, I've learned uh, so much through this conversation. Uh, but before we go, I have to ask you for three words that you would use to describe yourself or any of your you know, partners in board seats or, or companies would describe Peter Wexler? Ooh. Um, the hardest question of all. You know, I think, I, I think, I think I've been an effective leader in terms of, and, and have been in terms of growing teams and growing teams rapidly. I think I've been an effective leader. I think that I am a very even keeled individual other than maybe once a quarter, I don't explode. I'm just generally, you know, I, I, uh, and I, so I don't freak out when, you know, shit hits the fan Good. and, uh, and whatever else. Uh, and, and maybe just, you know, in, insanely curious. I was and, just about to say that is the third word because yeah. that, that resonates very, very well through this conversation. Peter, thank you very much. This was wonderful. And, uh, and, and stay safe and stay healthy. Oh, thanks, Michael. And best to you. And I'm sure I'll see you at a, um, a meeting of J Ventures sometime soon. 100%. Thank you. Take care. Take care, man. Be well. 